Welcome to the Vital Conversations podcast. We are broadcasting from the intersection of Christian faith and society. This podcast aims to inform and motivate people of faith on issues of social justice and concern. I'm your host, Jared Cunningham. Let's get started. We're on step two, leg two, episode two, whatever you call it, of the Methodist series, and I am joined by Mr. John Atchison. I feel like I've stolen you from our other podcast. Yeah, well, you know, I I have uh, a lot of love to go around. I can I can jump around if I need to. Well, like I said, you're Mr. Popular, so it's usually <laughs> hard to like nail down your schedule. <laughs> Where are you this week? I'm at a concert doing XYZ. All right. But... Uh, last week, I talked a lot about John Wesley, and I feel like this is a extension of that conversation. Because today, we're going to be talking about John Wesley's social principles that I know nothing about. So John's going to educate me, because I was told they mean a lot to you. I guess that might be a good way to say it. Yeah, I would say... Uh, I wouldn't call them John Wesley social principles. They're just the social principles of the United Methodist Church. Um, And that's what really drew me to the church. Uh, I grew up in a a faith tradition that the way uh, that the world was viewed was very exclusionary. There are things that, that you don't do. There is no gray. You can't cross a certain line. Um, if someone does cross that line, then we need to separate ourselves from them because they're no longer acceptable in the eyes of God. And uh, so then as I grew up um, and began to question that view of faith and uh, began to get more rooted in a faith that's about love of the other, not the exclusion of the other, um, I started to look for a faith tradition that sort of matched that, and I found it in the Methodist Church. I didn't know why I found it in the Methodist Church at first. I just knew that the people of the Methodist Church seemed to care about people, seemed to care about the world around them, um, and I wanted to learn more, and I'm glad that I did. Uh, so the social principles... Um, uh, did come from John Wesley. John Wesley was really focused on um, not only his personal faith, but the needs of the people around him. And so if you read about John Wesley, you will um, find that he was anti-slavery in the 1700s and outspoken about that. Um, he believed in healthcare for all and built a hospital or hospitals uh, to meet the needs of the people around him. He worked to make sure that people had food that were poor or destitute or didn't have the money to feed themselves. Um, and uh, was just really constantly worried about the people that he saw around them and making sure that everyone uh, was treated with dignity and had uh, what they needed to survive in the world. And that's something I've kind of, through this research on John Wesley and the Methodist Church, um, especially in John Wesley's life, uh, a few episodes ago, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but we did this um, episode about, I guess, religion versus relationship. 
and how sometimes religion, we get into these modes where it's like, just check the things off the list. Like I went and fed the homeless. I went and gave money to this. I went and I read my Bible and kind of the checklist of things versus I actually want to read my Bible and understand what's going on so I can get closer to God. I want to help those in need, not because I'm trying to check this box off a list, but because I know it's the right thing to do and this is important and they need that help and I know I'm able to help them. And that's kind of what I see in John Wesley's life. It wasn't so much, this is what I'm supposed to do. It's, I'm a Christian. Not only is this the right thing to do, it's what I'm supposed to do and it's how I can show the love of Christ to others. So absolutely. since we're talking about the social principles, I didn't even know there were social principles. So John's kind of educating me. So to maybe start with, is it like a, are they a, is it a book? Is it a list? Is it something I can go to like Barnes and Nobles if they even, do they still exist? I think they do. Um, there's one in, there's one in Altamont. So yeah, they still exist. Can I go to like Barnes and Noble and like pull it off the bookshelf or? You might be able to order it. So it's a part of the book of discipline, okay. um, which is about a, uh, I believe about a 60 something page book maybe longer i i should know that but i've never held a copy in my hand um so the need to see if brian has a copy i am sure he does um the so the book of discipline um is sort of like the the bylaws of the united methodist church i don't know if you talked about this in um, your conversations yet but the united methodist church is set up a lot like the u.s government um and so that'll come later okay well to be continued. Um, you can expand on it now. It's all good. No, well, you know, United Methodism started around the same time as the dawn of the U.S. government. And so you'll see a lot of parallels. And I, I'm, I'm not going to steal anybody else's thunder. I'm going to let them go into that. But the, the governing document of the United Methodist Church is the Book of Discipline. Um, and um, it has... It, they rewrite it every four years, um, add to, take away from, edit. Um, but the end of the Book of Discipline is the Social Principles, which is about a 10-ish pages um, of information. And um, what, it, what it talks about um, is the way in which we engage with creation um, and our responsibility to creation. Uh, it talks about how we should be a nurturing community um, that develops the fullest potential in people. Uh, it talks about our social community, um, that everyone's valuable equally in the eyes of God. Um, so we reject discrimination and marginalization. Um, it, it talks about uh, implications of the economic community, um, it talks about the political community um, regarding the governments of the world and also connect the connection of the whole world as God's world and the, the world community. Um, I want to go back and talk a little bit about the political community. Uh, the United Methodist Church is the only uh, denomination that has a building on Capitol Hill. It's right next door to the Supreme Court. It's okay. called the United Methodist Building. Cool. Uh, I, I'm learning stuff. This is great. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, that is where a lot of 
uh, nonprofits meet, a lot of faith-based nonprofits. Um, it has become very interdenominational, interfaith, um, and uh, the General Board of Church and Society, I believe their office is still there. The General Board of Church and Society, I'm going to say that again because I butchered that, the General Board of Church and Society um, is the arm of the United Methodist Church that's focused on um, social justice and people. Um, they are, their, their current top five priorities are um, poverty. The United Methodist Church is a, um, a, a worldwide church. And so we do have um, not just a presence here in the United States, but also in Africa and Asia. And there are a lot of populations in our uh, midst that are living in abject poverty, um, not to mention the ones that are here in the United States, but also around the world. Um, cli the climate is a really important priority for the General Board of Church and Society right now. Um, the, we have seen really weird weather here in Florida lately, so I think that's important to point out. Um, health is an important uh, priority for the General Board of Church and Society um, here in uh, the United States. There's a, a lot of talk currently about um, our healthcare system, and I think that um, that the United the United Methodist Church wants to ensure that everyone has the means to remain healthy. Um, and then the other priorities are peace and civil and human rights. Okay. Um, kind of going back to the social principles, and I think I, based on what you're saying, I think I see these three splits across the board. Or maybe I should ask this first. In the social principles, is there anything directed to, say, us specifically as an individual? like how we treat ourselves because I'm hearing how we treat our environment and I'm hearing how we treat others. I was curious if there's like a, how we treat ourselves. Kind you of know, aspect. I, I don't know that it's explicitly mentioned. However, just re reviewing over the community aspects of the social principles again, um, one of the parts of the social community is that we affirm that all people are equally value and valuable in the sight of God. Um, that includes ourselves. Um, so I think I, I love that you mentioned that because I think a lot of times in the church um, we're we're taught to care for others and put ourselves last. But um, you know Jesus said, "Love your neighbor as you love yourself," and so. Um, it's important that we don't forget that we need to be loved as well. Yeah. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And um, that other verse from the Sermon on the Mount, where it's like, don't worry about the law, or don't worry about the splinter in your neighbor's eye if you have a log in your eye. Yeah. Kind of playing back to that same thing. Hopefully you don't have a log in your eye, but. Not at the moment. Um, I don't think. So, like I said, as I hear it, it's kind of those three main I think you said there's five focuses for a specific the general board of church and society yeah for the general board but in the social principles it sounds like those are like the big three kind of things they highlight the environment to a degree how we treat ourselves and more importantly how we treat others yeah okay. I, I would agree with that um i think 
you know, one of the things that that John Wesley valued is unity of people. Um, he's quoted as saying, though we may not think alike, can we not love alike? Um, and I think the social principles, uh, although s- not everyone would agree necessarily with the, the verbiage of all of them, they agree that all of these things are important. Okay. So I won't have you like read through a whole thing, but, um, and you've mentioned some of them, but what were some of the, like, for you, what are some of the big highlights about how we treat each other? Oh, um, cause you said it's like a 10 page thing. I won't make you read all 10 pages. And if I remember, I'll add a, if you wouldn't be, if you'd be so kind as to maybe send me a link to the. So people can like see them later. Yeah, I can, I can definitely send you um, a link to the UMC website um, for the social principles. Um, That link will be in the description. And I I don't think that there's necessarily a certain social principle that stands out and that like, this is the one that drew me in. Um, It's the fact that the United Methodist Church cares about all people and mentions them, cares about um, all different sorts of justice and mentions them. Like, I loved that the United Methodist Church was willing to have conversation about these things rather than just put it in a box and get rid of it. Um, And so I, I just wanted to be in a place where conversation was happening, where people mattered and i saw that in the united methodist church does that make sense yes it does um so we can maybe pinpoint it a little better it's the social principles are in the book of discipline when does the book of discipline come about i think that's my question yeah so the first draft of the book of discipline was written in around the 1780s. Okay. Um, so really close to the end of John Wesley's life. Um, and um, again, the, it is t- tweaked and rewritten and changed every four years at General Conference, which I'm sure will come up in this podcast at some point in time. Um, so uh, basically what General Conference is, um, is a voting and rewriting of the bylaws of the United Methodist Church. And so um, all of the book of discipline um, can potentially be changed, any point of it. Um, And it is voted on by the global church. And the social principles are a a part of that. Okay. And that that also answers one of my questions. Because I was going to ask, like, are they still relevant today? not only are they actually relevant because my thinking was they're like this list of things that were written in the 18, 1700s that haven't changed since. But as you've clarified, it could be changed at any point. They review it every four years. Yeah. The book of discipline is a hotly contested item uh, of the United Methodist church. Um, Right now, um, well, since the, 
the 70s, um, there's been discussion about the mention of um, uh, homosexuality in the United Methodist Church. And every four years, there's conversation and votes and arguments, just like <laughs> when Congress gets together and there is discussion and votes and arguments. And um, so, yes, it is relevant, and no, it's not perfect. Um, but um, as I mentioned, the things that John Wesley was passionate about uh, in his life when he looked around and saw the needs of the world are still the things that we are passionate about and talk about today. He was anti-slavery. Now we talk about the prison industrial complex and the uh, school to prison pipeline and uh, police brutality of people of color. Um, he talked about needing to build hospitals so that people had a place to go to be cared for. Now we talk about how uh, the cost of health care is um, too high and it's a broken system and we need to figure out new ways to do health care. Um, he talked about um, people who didn't have enough to eat and how to get them food and we still have food deserts um, in our community today. Um, for people don't have access to fresh food, uh, fresh fresh vegetables, um, and healthy food. So um, are, are the things that he was passionate about in the 1780s when this was written still relevant to today? Yes, but, and, um, we are constantly seeing the way that the world is changing and these um, uh, principles need to adapt and change to the world that we live in um, and and are making changes every four years. Because <laughs> um, I'm good. Well, I won't say I'm good with the Bible, but I can remember certain things from certain parts of books. It's in uh, Ecclesiastes where it says there's nothing new. Well, multiple times it says there's nothing new under the sun. And I think that like puts it in plain view. See, there we go. See, Brian, if you're listening, I pay your worship leader pays attention. There you go. Um, Cause Brian did a sermon series on Ecclesiastes not too long ago. And I did a podcast series on Ecclesiastes not too long ago. <laughs> and it like brings all that to light that there's nothing really new under the sun that issues then are still issues. Now we might be dealing with them in our new like modern context, but it's still the same issue. Healthcare, um, poverty slash homelessness, uh, treatment of people of color, and down the line. So I think that's, it answers my question and it goes beyond that. Not only is it relevant, it's still like pushing for the same things we were pushing for back then, but in our modern context. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was really well said. I, I have my moments <laughs> when I'm not singing stuff. But um, I guess another, you've already answered it, but what, um, well, I'll ask it this way. What does the, I know why you came to the United Methodist Church, but what does it represent to you today? Like when you look at the United Methodist Church, what do you see? I see... Um, a collection of 
imperfect people who are struggling to figure out how to how to live out the will of God and bring the 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 family of God into the lives of the people around them while also trying to understand how to more effectively love one another. I dig it. So for someone maybe coming from the outside, from the outside looking in or coming from the outside who hasn't maybe grown up in the Methodist church, how would you, is that the same way you describe it to them or what would, how would you describe it to someone coming from the outside maybe? Because earlier on, the way I put it in the introduction is that oftentimes when we talk about the United Methodist Church, it just sounds like this club or this society that you have to like know the secret password to or something like that. So how would you explain it to someone else? Yeah, I thank you for that insight. I agree that there can be, as with any faith tradition, um, a, a language that's used that can be unfamiliar. Um, uh, and it makes, it can make it feel unapproachable. Um, and I, I don't think I would change the way that I just said it. I think it, I think the United Methodist Church is a collection of imperfect people trying to figure out how to be in relationship with God and how to be in relationship with each other, um, better. All right. I like it. I feel like we touched on a lot. Yeah. Any, any parting words? What I love about the United Methodist Church, as I've said before, but maybe I'm going to say it a little different this time, is that we're not afraid to get our hands dirty and to have conversations that are difficult and tough and challenge one another. Um, And I think that that's how we grow to be better people. And so I'm really thankful for the UMC and I am glad that I, I fell into it. Um, When I didn't, when I felt like I didn't have, another faith tradition that I could go to. I found the United Methodist church and was welcomed in a way that, um, I had not experienced before. And I have only attended United Methodist churches since then for about the last 20 years. Okay. I think that's well said. So we thank you for joining us for this episode, but, um, yeah. With all that said, we will catch you next time.